Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 185 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be in your earbuds again this week, and I'm really excited about today's coaching conversation. Now, today's question, I've coached clients privately through questions not necessarily related to the specific diagnosis that Ayari has, but I've coached other women who have had other diagnoses that have either prevented them from dating or made them feel like they weren't worthy or weren't able to get into a relationship. And so I'm so appreciative that Iori was able to have the courage and vulnerability to come onto the show and ask this question so that everyone listening who has a diagnosis or a chronic illness or has something that are just have a lot of deep shame around can actually have an episode to listen to and some resources and some tools and some tips to help you overcome that so that you can find a great love and a great relationship. So before we get there, I just have two things for you. First thing is to please leave a quick rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. It's especially helpful on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days. But really, wherever you listen to this podcast would be so helpful. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is scroll down, you'll see some stars, tap the stars. And then if you have an extra 30 seconds, please leave a quick review. It really helps me to grow the show and to get the show into more earbuds of women just like you. And it also really helps me to know what you like so I can do more of it in the show. 
And second, spots for the Love Incubator are filling up. And so if you've been kicking the can or aren't sure or haven't even heard me talk about the Love Incubator, listen up. The Love Incubator is for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love and you're ready and willing and excited, if not also nervous about doing some of the deeper work and clearing some of the inner childhood wounds and some blocks and some limiting beliefs that are preventing you from attracting the relationship that you want. And so if you're tired of the same old stale dating advice around just make your picker better or be on this app or don't text this or don't be too much or lower your expectations or whatever it is, if you're tired of all that and you feel like it's something else, it's something deeper that's blocking you from love, I would love to help you get there. So to learn more, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Now, the time that this episode is released, we're going to be starting the love incubator soon. So now is not the time to hear about this and then think about it for another week. It's the time to come on over to the page, learn more about it, read some success stories from women who have done the incubator in the past, hear about the partners they've met, all that kind of good stuff, and then schedule an incubator exploratory call. Because this program is so small, there's only 10 people, that's where I'm maxing it out. Because of the size of it, I want to make sure that every woman in the program is a good fit, that I can help you with the problem that you want me to help you solve, and also that you feel comfortable with me and that you feel like I'm the right fit and a good coach for you. So you have to do an incubator exploratory call. All of those links are in veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. But in other words, because we have to have the call, this is not something that you can necessarily just sign up for at the last minute. So if you're interested, make sure you come over right away get yourself scheduled and let's chat. And I can promise you that in our incubator exploratory call, there is no obligation to join. And I will be very honest about whether or not the incubator is the right fit for you, because to be totally frank, it is bad business to have clients that aren't a good fit. So you don't have to worry about me just trying to sell you into something just because I want your money or whatever. That's not how this goes. I want this to be a really beautiful exchange of value and resources. So if this feels like a good fit, and I feel like it'll be a good fit, I'll let you know. And if you feel like this is pulling at your heartstrings, and you're like, Oh, I've been wanting to work with Veronica, but I don't know, I'm a little scared, then I would really love to have a conversation with you about that and to see if this is in fact the right program for you or not. I'm probably not running another love incubator for at least a year. So now is the time to get yourself scheduled because I don't want you to miss out and wish that you had done this. And so the question that I'm just going to leave with you is in six months, where would you like to be in your life and your love life as we wrap up 2019 and move into 2020? Where do you want to be? And if you are not where you are right now, I would love to support you in getting you to where you want to go. All right, so let's get to today's episode with Ayari. So Ayari is calling in because she's diagnosed with bipolar disorder and she's really afraid to date and put herself out there because she believes that she's going to be judged by certain people and that people won't accept her and that she's not good enough to be in a relationship and that ultimately she's wondering if she'll have to just settle on being single or what she needs to do in order to find the relationship that she wants. So whether or not you have bipolar disorder, I know that most women listening to this podcast probably do not, but I do think that a lot of you can relate in a sense that maybe that you have another chronic diagnosis that you are dealing with in your life Or maybe it's not necessarily a diagnosis, but you have a lot of shame around something that's happened in your past 
or maybe you have a lot of shame around the shape or size of your body and you're afraid that someone's not going to like you or love you because of it or you're going to be judged for it. So if you can relate to any of that, then you're going to get so much out of my coaching conversation with Ayari. So with that being said, let's get right to it. Hi, Ayari. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi. Well, I saw your message about being not enough and I realized that I carried this secret with me for the last four years and I've been single uh, with, with this secret inside of me that makes me feel like I'm not enough. My friends don't know much about it and, and uh, definitely the dates that I go on, guys never learn about it, that I have a diagnosis. Uh, for, since 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and it's something that I deal with in secret and I'd like to surpass that so that I could feel enough and, and meet the love of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking this question. I know that this question is going to help so many, whether or not they have bipolar disorder or another diagnosis that is chronic and that someone lives with. So thank you so much for asking this. Um, So my first question is, what's your relationship like to your diagnosis? Well, I've learned to accept it and partly love it because it's made me live a health-centered life which I love now. I've learned to love. So there are some benefits with the relationship. I, I definitely don't hate it. And I definitely don't, um, don't despise it either. I don't mm-hmm. have a hate relationship with it. Okay. So why do you keep it secret? I keep it secret because of all the stigma that, that goes on with mental illness. I'm just that people might misread me or judge me for the wrong reasons. So mm-hmm. just to you know, because it's a mental illness, I'm afraid that people might label me crazy or just things that I'm not. So I just keep it a secret. I mean, my top best friends know it and my family knows it, but it's not something that I've shared with the world yet in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it something that you do want to share with the world, like in the form of like a blog or an Instagram thing? I mean, I just want to kind of get your sense of like, what kind of role is it going or do you want it to play in your life before we get going into the coaching? Well, I got certified as a health coach and I have considered perhaps coaching other people with bipolar disorder into health, but that's something I would do in the long term. I don't see myself doing it anytime soon. Right now, I'm just I'm trying to launch my business to just normal people, people suffering from, from mental illnesses or, or, or obesity. Okay. I don't think I'm ready to, to really just market myself with the bipolar yet. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So I just wanted to know, cause I just wanted to know like where your relationship with um, this diagnosis is going to go. So let me ask you this. So you told me that you don't hate the diagnosis. You don't resent it, but then there's also this feeling of not enoughness as well. So can you talk to me how those two things happen? Like, where does the not enoughness come from? And what is it about this diagnosis that makes you feel not enough? Or like, who has told you that you haven't felt or that you're, that you're not enough or something's wrong with you? Like, where does that programming and messaging come through? It's more than anything in the lifestyle that I, because I do live a self health centered life, I realize that I can't be in the workforce competitively like other people. So my life is very limited in the sense of my financial and my career. It's, it's a limited life that that's where I feel I'm not enough part. I can't challenge myself as other people do because I can't have stress in my life. Otherwise, it's a trigger for my health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. Got it. Got it. What is it like then when you go on dates with people? Like, is this something that you want to tell? Is it something you have told? Or is it something like you feel like you should tell, but don't like talk to me about that? I haven't really told anyone that I've dated in four years about my bipolar disorder, any guy that I've dated. I just mm-hmm. go out and uh, just present myself as a health coach. They think I'm health conscious. They love it. But I haven't really been to the point where I've opened to anyone since my ex-boyfriend about my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And- what I like to yes, maybe there's a potential partner coming in, maybe uh, within this month that maybe I would like to open myself up to, but I think it would take a few more dates for that. Yeah. So here's the thing about sharing anything that's private, whether it's a diagnosis or just a past experience or anything that just feels like, you know, maybe a heavier topic than sharing something like I like to eat tacos or whatever is it's definitely privileged information, right? It's not information that, you know, a lot of times we get confused between or we get confused about what vulnerability actually is. And we think, oh, well, to be vulnerable and to connect, I've got to tell this person this stuff about me, like whether, again, whether it's a diagnosis or something else. And the truth is, is that's not true. That's not necessarily how you be vulnerable. How you be vulnerable is really how you are in the present moment. Here's, here's what I want to ask when it comes to dating and being with people. What is your fear around telling people your diagnosis? Again, there's a stigma. So I'm just afraid they're going to say, oh, she's crazy. I can't handle her. I don't want anything with her. Okay. She's sick. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah, pause yeah. you for a second. Okay. Because the truth is, is that some people are going to say that some people are just going to, and you can't stop that. You can't control that. People are going to have their opinions. People are going to have their prejudices. And this is true for really anything, right? Yes. And so can you be okay with some people are just not going to be meant for you? Yes. Can you be okay? I haven't thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. Some people just aren't going to accept you or accept this diagnosis or accept that this is a part of your life. And they're going to see it as a hindrance to a potential relationship rather than something that has inspired you to kind of reshape how you live your life because you're really health conscious now, right? Like you have to be health conscious and mindfulness focused because if not, that's going to trigger an episode, correct? Yes, correct. And so you've built this beautiful life that sounds really awesome to be a part of, right? Like some people really value mindfulness and healthy living and healthy eating. Like for some people, they're like, yeah, I'm on board. Sign me up, right? And so by being afraid of what other people are going to think or how they're going to judge you, you know, as humans, we have so, we have a finite amount of emotional bandwidth, meaning between caring for ourselves, caring for our family and friends, if we have kids, any other important people in our life, you know, that just takes up a lot of emotional bandwidth, our, our careers or anything like that, right? Yeah. And then- you add to that dating and relationships. And sometimes that just knocks people over the edge in terms of the emotional bandwidth that they're able to hold for themselves. Right. And so you have already a finite amount and there's already people and things taking up that space. And so one thing that you've got to do is you've got to be more discerning in your 
dating and with your relationships, I don't think this is just you personally, because you have this diagnosis. I honestly think this is true for anybody, no matter what their experience or life circumstances. Um, is, is this person worth taking up my emotional bandwidth? Yeah. And so this person that you're dating, you're dating someone right now, correct? No, but there's someone that showed up in my life that I dated three years ago. Okay. Who's coming to New York. He doesn't live in New York city. He lives in Michigan. He's coming to New York within this month. So I'm going to see him again. Mm-hmm. So if that works out, I was thinking I might just open up within a few more days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also want to be mindful or you to be mindful that it's not necessarily about how much time has passed or how much, how many dates you've gone on, you know, with someone, because, you know, it's kind of like how people say, oh, well, you can't have sex before the third date or whatever. I mean, that's arbitrary, but whatever the number is. And the truth is, is that you can have sex on the first date. You can have sex on the 10th date. You can have sex after you're married and it's all correct, right? It's really a matter of like, instead of like how often or how many times you're going to see this person before you decide to tell this person, it's more of like, what do they need to make you feel in order to feel safe before you share this information? Because again, this is privileged information. And I also don't think it's wise to be like, okay, I'm going to tell this person because I want to start getting comfortable telling people. Right. And so you just tell someone because (laughs) because you've already decided that you're going to build this muscle of sharing this private thing about yourself with people. Because if that's your only focus, then you might do that. And you might also be missing all of the signs that he's giving you that he is not a safe person to share this information with. True. So what for you would be some of the signs or some of the ways that you would want this person to make you feel in order to be like, okay, I think this person might be safe. Now, you're not going to be 100% correct all the time, right? Like, you're just not until you share it with someone. Yeah. What are some of those things that you think would need to be in place? More than anything, if I see signs that he seems like he wants to be in a relationship, if I see him asking me a lot about my lifestyle, about my job in New York, about, you know, deeper questions, then I would say, oh, he really wants to know about me because he wants something intimate. And then I might, I might just open up because my diagnosis does have to do a lot with my lifestyle. I mean, when we saw, when I saw him last time, he did mention Michigan and the life in Michigan kind of motivating me to move there if the relationship worked out. So if it, if it gets deeper and I see that there's a relationship interest, I might mention it before I go to Michigan. If, yeah. if that opens the door to it. Yeah. And again, like, I think you're getting a little into future tripping. If you've taken my love block quiz, then you are familiar with that term, potentially future future shipping. I don't want you to get so attached to, oh, well before, you know, we, he was talking about moving to Michigan and Michigan could be really great for my lifestyle and blah, blah, blah. Like this might all be true. But again, like if you're really attached to that, then a lot of times you can miss what's actually true and what's actually present. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. He might've just said it to seduce me, right? Who knows? Who knows? Right. And here's the thing, like words are cheap. (laughs) Anyone can say anything to get anything. (laughs) Right. And that's true in relationships and dating. It's true in business. It's true. And I mean, I don't know, pretty much every situation. What I'm more interested in you discerning 
is how does he make you feel? Right? Like if you were to share something about yourself, not necessarily about the diagnosis, but maybe something else. And there's like a genuine interest, like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Or I don't know, let's say you feel upset or you feel angry or mad about something. Is he discrediting how you feel? Like, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. Or is he acknowledging and validating, yeah, you, you should be pissed. Like, I'd be pissed too, or whatever, right? Those yeah. are all going to be signs of his ability to be accepting. True. And so that's, those are the kind of things that I think are more important to look out for rather than the nice words. Because again, like people can say anything, words are cheap, words don't cost a lot of money. And, and so I want you to be more focused on present time, you know, in the moment of like wherever you are, whatever you're doing with them, how is he making you feel in those moments? Is he validating you? Is he asking you questions? Is he genuinely curious about something that you, that you say? Is he interested in what you think about something? Does he follow through on what he says he's going to do? If he's going to say he's going to text you the next day, does he text you the next day? Those are all going to be things where you can determine, okay, I could, it could be safe to tell this person. I think I feel comfortable enough to tell this person this thing. And here's the other thing that I would say about telling this person this thing is, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but I think this is common. I've seen this a lot, is when we're so afraid of people judging us or calling us names or whatever for whatever the information is we're about to to tell them, when we're really afraid of that happening, then we tend to almost project and assume that they're going to do that. And then we kind of just make it happen. Does that make sense? Uh, I didn't really understand that very well. Okay. So let me, let me give you an example. Um, just like a random example is let's say that you are, well, yeah, I can just use your example. Like, let's say that you're really nervous and you're afraid that he's going to judge you or call you crazy or criticize you because of your diagnosis. And you're afraid because it's happened before and you don't want it to happen. And you have a lot of obviously hurt feelings, but also some anger around it. And so a lot of times when we carry a lot of that energy and then we tell someone about this thing, about this diagnosis or whatever, then a lot of times we share the information in a way that gets them to kind of react in the way that we don't want them to react. Right. And so they automatically, we were basically just projecting our fears onto them and then they project those fears right back. And so what I think can be really helpful for you to do though, is to share in a way that gives this person space because, you know, you've had this diagnosis for 10 years. It's very much a part of your life it's, you're, it's normal for you. Like you're used to it, right? Yes, correct. But for someone who doesn't know this information, just because they have some sort of reaction when they first tell you, does it, and, and this does not include like if they just immediately start being mean or calling you names or making immediate judgments, and I'm not saying hold space for that. But I think it's also important to hold space for the other person that this is a lot of information. And that they're allowed to have space just to process the information and process how they feel because they may not know exactly how they feel about it. And if you want those answers immediately, you can be putting a lot of pressure, which can create some sort of defensive or reactionary response. Does that make sense? Yes. So you can even say something like, I know this is a lot. 
I haven't told you before. I actually haven't really told anybody that I was dating before. And so it's a lot for me too. And I'm still processing what it feels like to share this kind of information with someone that I've been romantically involved with. And so if you need a moment to process, I totally get it. Or if you're not exactly sure how you want to, or how you feel about it, I totally get that. Um, that's, you know, cause that, all of that is just totally normal. And just because they need time to process their, how they feel about it, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be one of the cruel people who judge you or who have, you know, something mean to say about it. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes sense. Okay. 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 So how are you feeling right now after our call or after talking for about I, 20 minutes or so? How are you, how are you feeling? Better about confronting this issue and opening myself up to the right person. I like the part the most about discerning who to, who to actually open up, up to and not really just getting out there and telling the whole world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you think about this, how is your enoughness feeling around sharing this information with people? Well, I like how you said that for some, I'm not going to be enough. And for some, I will well, be enough. Well, let me, let me, especially if they accept the healthy part. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, um, I, I, I just want to make sure you're hearing me correctly. It's not that you're not going to be enough for some people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is some people, it's almost like they're not enough for you because they don't have a capacity to open their heart big enough to let you in, right? Like they're just going to immediately, you know, jump to saying cruel, mean things. And so it's more of just like, yeah. And I'm not, look, everyone's human. So I'm not saying like some humans are enough and some humans aren't enough. Like I'm not interested in that kind of game or that kind of business, but they're just simply not going to be the right people for you if they can't accept you for who you are. And you just have to let them feel however they feel. Because wasting that kind of time and energy and emotion on those people is going to be a huge waste of your energy and time. And not to mention, it will erode at your enoughness because if you're constantly worried that all these people are going to judge you and what are you going to do about it, of course that's going to erode at your enoughness or your, your ability to feel like enough, right? Because you're constantly afraid of like, what are other people thinking of me? Instead, it's more of yeah. like, some people aren't going to accept me for who I am and like, whatever like whatever, (laughs) you know, like you've got to get those people off your radar and off your mind and off your heart as soon as possible, because you don't have time for that. True. And, and again, nobody has time for that. Like we all have limited emotional bandwidth. And so nobody has time for people that you feel like you have to hide part of yourself for, or that you have to act a certain way for, you have to look a certain way for, you have to be a certain, like nobody's got time for that. Nobody listening to this episode has time for that, including, including you, Ayari. Okay. So this is not about you not being enough for some people. This is just about some people not having the, having the capacity to love the way that you want to be loved and the way that you want to love someone else. Okay. That's all this is. Okay. Okay. Anything else coming up for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I want to feel whole, 
wholesome with my diagnosis so that I could attract as wholesome as possible. Mm -hmm. I find that uh, the dates that I have attracted haven't been that great. Like there's something, either an illness or there's just something off with each of the guys. And I think it's also because I'm not feeling wholesome because of the diagnosis. And I want to and I want to feel that way. Do you, any tips on how I can get there? Yeah. Well, so how has your diagnosis made you an even better partner for your future partner? Oh, I've become much more nurturing and loving and health-centered and uh, caring. i become a very, very, I, I guess I became more in touch with my feminine energy, more, mm-hmm. yeah, nurturing and loving and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so how, but how does that all make you a great partner for someone? Um, it makes me a great partner in the sense that I have a lot to give. And before, mm-hmm. when, before my diagnosis, it was all about taking tip from men. I was a take and now I'm a giver. So I think mm-hmm. a guy will benefit from all the beautiful things I have to give him. And, yeah. And, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a give and take, right? Like you, sometimes we're in periods of our relationship where we're giving a lot. And then sometimes we're in our, in periods of relationship where we're more of the taker. And that's really just the balance of the feminine and, and masculine. So here's, here's the thing, like everyone has, you know, skeletons in the closet, baggage, whatever you want to call it, right? Like everyone. And sometimes it might be in the form of a diagnosis, Sometimes it might be in the form of a really crappy or tumultuous childhood. Sometimes it might be in the form of money issues. Sometimes it might be in the form of, um, oh, I don't know, like, I mean, anything, um, jobs or family or previous relationships, right? And so your ability to see someone for beyond you know, whatever that diagnosis or whatever that skeleton in the closet or the baggage, whatever that thing is, your ability to see someone for beyond that, like you have a greater capacity to do that now, right? And so it's not about you feeling more whole because you're already whole, right? You're already whole. Mm -hmm. It's just about seeing how your diagnosis hasn't made you less whole or less of a person, but has been an opportunity for you to grow in ways that you may not have grown otherwise. And that just makes you an even better partner and gives you some unique attributes and characteristics that anybody I would think would feel lucky to be a part of in a relationship. And so I think if you can look at it from that way, then I think it will feel a lot better for you. Does that make sense? Thank you. Yes. Those are the things that I'll focus. I am a much better person because of my diagnosis. I've had a lot of time to think and to change and to grow. Whereas I I was living in a very different path before my diagnosis. So yes, I think I'm a better person. I'll focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when we haven't really accepted fully something about ourselves, again, whether it's our diagnosis or our past or even like our body, right? It can be all sorts of things. Then we tend to attract people that mirror that lack of acceptance. And so if you find yourself not really attracting, and again, like I want to be really clear, like some, you know, there's the internet and there's, or there's like not so nice people on the internet all the time. Right. And so 
Um, or there's people who just want sex or people who aren't emotionally available or whatever. And like things happen. Right. And so if, if you one time don't attract the best person in the world, like, you know, it sucks, but whatever. But if it happens over and over and over again, then that's a, that's might be a signal to you to say, okay, why do I think I might be attracting like, like these people that I'm attracting, what are they mirroring back to me that I haven't worked through yet? Right. And so then that can be an opportunity just to dive even deeper into, into doing this work. So if you say you're attracting people, you know, that might have illnesses or other issues, then what are they mirroring back to you? And so maybe it's that question around wholeness of like how I don't feel whole. And so you're also going to be attracting people who don't feel whole. And so they're just mirroring that back to you. And the truth is, is that you're already whole. Like, even if you didn't have all of this awareness around what your diagnosis gave you, you would still already be whole because you're a human and there's no such thing as like an unwhole human. Like we're all created in the image of the divine or the universe, whatever you want to call it. So like we're all whole, but you have to see that wholeness in yourself um, to attract someone who can hold that also for you. Okay. Okay. I will do that. Okay, great. What did you learn from our call today? More than anything. Well, definitely. I think the, the thing that makes me the best because it was based on I am not enough because of my illness is this ending, ending with the feeling that I am wholesome already and that I'm a better candidate because of my illness. Instead of seeing it as a not enough thing, realizing how much I've grown because of it and how much more feminine I am now, even my sisters, because we grew up with a single dad, so we all grew up like boys. They comment like, they're like, you're the most feminine. Like I've done a lot of work on my feminine side. So I think mm -hmm. I'm a much better candidate and I should just focus on those strengths rather than then the fact that my diagnosis is, is, is possibly something that is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. God, well, I'm so glad you're taking that away because you're already whole. And as you begin to share this information, either through your health coaching business or through people that you're dating, there are going to be people, I hope this isn't true for you, but most likely there'll be people that will tell you that you're not whole or that you're wrong for doing what you're doing or something's wrong with you. And I just, I just pray from the bottom of my heart and hope from the bottom of my heart that you don't let those people erode, you know, the work that we've, that you've already been doing and the work that we've done in this call, because it's not true. And it's just their own reflection of their own lack of worth and own lack of confidence that has them basically shooting the shit right back at you. Okay. Yes. I promise. Thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping this. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much to IRE for coming onto the show and sharing this personal information that I know you haven't shared with everyone in your life. And I just really appreciate your bravery in coming onto the show because I know that you got supported in our coaching conversation, but I also know that you are going to help hundreds more women who have other chronic diagnoses or things that they're ashamed about that they're afraid of being judged for. And I know that this is going to help them so much. So I've worked with clients privately who have SCIs or who have IBS or something else digestive issue wise, and they're afraid they're going to have an episode on a date and then be really embarrassed or ashamed about it. And then I've had many more clients who've had deep shame around having an extra role on their belly or ashamed that they're divorced or have been single for a long time or have never really been in a quote unquote real relationship. And so they're afraid that they're inherently unlovable because of those facts 
or because of those facts, other people are going to judge them. And so they want to do everything in their power to have those people not judge them. So if that's you, I want you to know that you are not alone. You are not alone at all. And I say this a lot, but if I had a quarter for every time someone DM'd me or sent me an email and said, I know you probably haven't heard this thing before, or, you know, this thing is going on and I feel a lot of shame. I'm like, oh my God, I literally just had a coaching conversation with a client about this, or someone just DM'd me about that. I would be a very rich woman. You guys are not alone. And this is why I love doing things in community like the Love Incubator, like the Love Action Tribe, so that you can see that you're not alone. Because sometimes just knowing that you're not alone is enough to begin the healing process. Because when you feel so alone and you have all this shame, the shame just begins to fester. And one thing that you have to do in order to begin to release the shame is bring it to light because shame cannot grow in light. And so that's why I really love programs like the Love Incubator, because whatever you're feeling ashamed about, like someone else has probably experienced something similar, if not almost the same thing. And that is such an opportunity for growth and healing when you can just finally realize and see for yourself that you are not alone. Okay, so I want to break down the steps that I gave IRA into four actionable steps so that you can hopefully create a plan and do some things differently. If again, you have a chronic diagnosis, or you just have something about yourself that you have deep shame around. So the first thing is to simply be okay with the fact that you're not for everyone. And I just want to emphasize again, because I had to clarify for IRA, and I want to clarify for you. This is not saying that you're not enough for some people and you're enough for some other people. That is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that you're not for everyone. And this is true for whether or not you have any deep shame around anything about your life or about your body, or if you have a chronic disease. I think a lot of times with dating, we try to broaden the pool because we believe, oh man, it's a numbers game and there's not a lot of options out there. And so I just need to go out with as many people as possible to find the right person because it's it's just, again, it's going back to that numbers game. But the truth is, is that I'm all about quality over quantity. And I find that with myself and also with my clients, the more that we do this work, the more people aren't a good fit for you. And that's actually a good thing. So I think this is true, whether or not you have a chronic diagnosis or anything like that. I think that if you can just really own that you're not for everyone, and some people aren't going to have the capacity to love you in the way that you want to be loved or be able to hold everything that is a part of you and just be okay with that and let that person go on their merry way without making it a big thing, without making it a story about yourself, without creating drama. That alone can be so incredibly freeing. Number two, the second thing I want you to do is how do you relate to your diagnosis? Now, we didn't talk about this too much today with my conversation with Ari because she's done a lot of work around this. And I really do believe that she's created a deep appreciation for what her diagnosis has allowed her to do in her life that maybe she would have just never thought of or had the incentive to do to create that healthy lifestyle, to create that mindful-based lifestyle. So we didn't really talk too much about this. However, if she had not done that yet, if she still had a lot of shame or a lot of anger or resentment around her diagnosis, you better believe I would have coached her a lot more on that so that she can change her relationship. So it didn't come up too much today, but I do want you to know that if you do have a lot of shame around a chronic diagnosis that you have or something with your body or something with your past, I want you to consider how do you relate to that thing that you're shameful about? Because however you relate to it, that's probably going to be mirrored in the people that you attract to you. 
So if you have people that are judging you or being cruel about something that you're shameful about, there's a really good chance that you also have some of that kind of meanness towards you. Like you're not being very nice to yourself or you're not being really nice to the diagnosis. And so the first thing that I think you should do if this diagnosis is new or if you've never really worked with relating to it in a new way is just simply relate to your diagnosis in a new way and in a way that allows for kind of like in a way of how I teach you how to relate with your inner child. It'd be very similar to to that. Okay, number three is how does your diagnosis make you a great partner for someone? So this is something I did talk to IRA about. And this is honestly a list that I think you can put on Google Keep or another notes app on your phone and just have it be something accessible that you can turn to whenever you're having those moments of doubt or am I really good enough or I don't know, like all these people are going to judge me or they're not going to like me or whatever it is. So can you create a list of what actually makes you a great partner? And I already had a great list. She is leading now a really healthy lifestyle and she's really mindful. And for some people, that's a really big thing for them. And that might be really important. And that can be a really great thing that they can relate with each other over. Also, it helps her to see the human behind something that someone is shameful about or a diagnosis or a difficult experience that has happened in their past. And so she has a huge ability to see people. And in a world where people are just so concerned about themselves and what other people are thinking and social media and like, am I too fat and all that kind of stuff to deeply be seen by someone is such a gift. And so I think honestly, there's probably all something that we can learn from Ayari in that department. So again, what is your diagnosis? How does your diagnosis make you a great partner for someone and why would they be lucky to be with you? So create that list and keep it somewhere where you can see it regularly. And then the final thing that I want you to keep in mind and to take action on if you are actively dating is to keep in mind that words are cheap. I don't want you to just listen to what people will say because people will say anything. People will say anything to just have someone they can latch on to. People will say anything to have sex or whatever it is that they're seeking. People can say anything that they freaking want. I want you to be more mindful of how is this person making me feel and maybe even get clear on, well, what is it that I want this person to make me feel before I decide whether or not I'm going to share this information? So this is not a game of, okay, we've been on three dates. We know each other well enough. Now I can share this thing or you know whatever the number of dates is. That is not a good measurement because if that's the measurement, then you could get yourself really hurt because if you're only going on the subjective thing, okay, we've only dated or we've gone on three or four dates, so now it's time or whatever, or you want to practice telling people so that you can practice expressing this part of you without any other kind of discernment, I think you're going to be setting yourself up for a lot of trouble because maybe it wasn't the right call to tell someone something just because you wanted to quote unquote practice doing it or because you'd been on a certain amount of dates. And then that can further create and deepen the story of everyone's going to judge me. No one's going to accept me. And then it's going to be even that more difficult to tell someone something about yourself who might be the right person to tell or might be someone who can actually hold that space for learning that information about you. So I want you to ask yourself, how do I need to feel in a relationship with someone before I share this thing with them? And what are the actions that I'm looking for that will help confirm the words that they are also saying? So keep all of these action steps in mind. And I know there's a lot of information here. So feel free to re-listen and take some notes on these four action steps. If you have something about yourself that you have a lot of shame around, and especially comes up in dating. 
All right, next week, I've got a brand new solo episode and I'm talking about being coachable and what it takes to actually grow and heal. So I get a lot of questions around, well, Veronica, I'm doing all the work or I go to therapy or I do this or I do that, but nothing's changing or I'm still attracting these types of relationships. What gives? And I think the answer to that is the same answer to, are you coachable? So if you can relate to that, you're going to love next week's episode. So I will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.